Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Well, welcome to the Russ Podcast. Well, today we're going to be talking to Sky Townsend. That name sounds familiar. Well, her dad, Robert. Well, she's accomplished in her own right as an actress and a comedian and the whole nine. We'll be talking to her. Also, the uh, Secretary of Education going to talk about how we can get our kids back in school. That's coming up today on the Russ Podcast. So let's get it started, y'all. Well, on the line right now, her name is Sky Townsend, and uh, she comes from a lineage of just excellence. I just want to say that. Being a big fan of her father, Robert Townsend, I naturally wanted to follow his daughter's career. And Sky, I first of all want to say good morning to you. How you doing? Good morning. I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Oh, great. First of all, I just want to say uh, that this sketch show that you're on has got to be one of the most innovative, creative, um, just uplifting, because I have a daughter, uh, to be oh. able to to watch sisters do comedy. I've had a, the wonderful opportunity to work with Gabrielle Dennis. I think Robin Thede is brilliant. Uh you hold your own with some heavyweights on this show. Was that a di- <laughs> Thank you. Was that a difficult transition for you, or is just it's just something that's you've trained for all your life? Yeah, you know, I, I guess I would say I unknowingly was training for this moment. I've always loved character work, and I've always uh, been exposed to really fantastic sketch comedians. So I grew up loving In Living Color. I grew up loving Carol Burnett's show. Mm. I grew up, you know, loving SNL and seeing all the vets throughout the years. So for me, it really was less pressure or nerves entering this and more excitement to show off a lot of the characters I've been developing since I was a little girl, really. Wow. See, uh, a Black Lady sketch show has actually been nominated for uh, a number of awards. And I have to say that, you know, and I don't, I, I want to focus on you and your career, but I yeah. would be uh, not doing my job if we did not bring up your father, who has been inspirational for me as a filmmaker. But at the same time, growing up in a Robert Townsend household, was there any pressure for you to follow in his footsteps? No pressure. Honestly, it really was more, we were raised in such a creative, free spirited way that. Uh, You know, a lot of parents really want their kids to be doctors or lawyers or they press education. My dad wanted great things for us. But at the end of the day, he said, I need you all to prioritize fun in whatever you do. Mm. So I was raised to to think it's really important to love what you do and to see a parent who did love what they do, you know. And I think that that affects you so much as a kid to see what it's like when your parent goes to work and they're happy Mm. versus them coming back stressed out. And so I knew I wanted a career that I enjoyed. And um, he was incredibly supportive, but it was really just words of wisdom and gems nonstop, mm. more so than, you know, being uh, afraid right. to follow in his footsteps. Right. He's just, he's so fantastic with his advice. And so he's really just guided all of us along the way, no matter what path we're in, all of my siblings. We're talking to Sky Townsend. And of course, um, she's uh, one of the co-stars of a Black Lace sketch show. Um, this is a very innovative show. And I hate yeah. to say it's ahead of its time. It should have been around a long time ago. Um, you're able to talk about issues that affect black women on this show. 
How much of the writing process are you allowed to contribute? Well, so we have a wonderful room of writers who work on the scripts first, and the scripts are not written tailored to us. We actually, once they're completed, all audition for each and every part on the show to make sure that whoever gets the role makes the most sense. Uh, but the beautiful thing about sketch comedy is you get on, on set, you deliver what you're supposed to, and then you have a few takes to just do whatever you want. And so the improvisation starts to kind of rewrite some of the scripts without mm-hmm. knowing it. Um, but we're allowed to be incredibly creative. For me, I'm, I'm more on the visual side. I like to really pitch in with how I look, with how I walk, with how my wardrobe looks. So it's really, it's a, a collaborative process on the highest level, but, you know, allowing us to improvise, eventually the scripts do shift, right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, the writers are fantastic and they work on the script a few months before, and then we come in and, and do our stuff. Issa Rae obviously is an executive producer of, of the show. Um, how inspirational has she been towards you or to you? Gosh, Issa's fantastic. I think Issa's really created a brand and done it in her own way. She's quite She's kept her awkwardness. She's kept her quirkiness. She's kept her uh, fearless nature. And I think when you meet her, you're surprised at how mellow and how down to earth she is. But you also realize how powerful she is when she enters any room, you know. Mm. But Issa's, Issa's just really given advice and shown up and showed us that no matter whatever level you're at, treat people with respect, show up for work on time and do your best. And it really is that simple. Wow. Well, I don't yeah. want to hear Sky Townsend refuse, refuse to come out of her trailer one day because, <laughs> because she didn't like what was at the crafty table. <laughs> don't want to hear that about you because I got to tell you, no. uh, if you're anything like your father, um, yes. always a gracious, humble, uh, giving individual. And I, I can't help but think that you're that way also. Um, Absolutely. I want to. I want to just say I wish you continued success. Watching your improv skills with some real heavyweights and holding your own. Just say, all right, one day I hope to work with this young lady because uh, I really think that that you're a genius. If you're not, if you're not there, you're on your way. But what I see, what you do every day, when I'm seeing all the talent and then you're giving back to the community, this is what we need from our young folk and uh, the generation and, and that torch has been passed along to you you are burning it bright thank you so much for spending the time with me today thank you so much and i'm a big fan i saw that this interview was lined up and i'm like all right we're going somewhere so <laughs> no. thank you for no. taking the time i'm yeah. like okay <laughs> oh, no. well tell your dad i said hi i will thank you so much all you right. have a great one you too bye-bye well up next we have dr miguel cardona he's the secretary of education and of course i want to say first of all it's great to have you on the line how you doing today i'm doing great glad to be with you Listen, and congratulations on your appointment. Um, you know, it's Appreciate good that. to see that. Did a little research on you. You're very passionate about what you do. And uh, I, I think this is really great to have you on. It's so perfect timing because we're talking about sending kids to school. We're going to talk about how to feel safe and feel good about it. Um, what is the position of uh, the Secretary of Education? How, how are we going to go about doing this safely? So first and foremost, we have to make sure we're listening to what those mitigation strategies are, following them to a T, uh, ensuring that we're providing vaccination and information about vaccination to all of our communities, you know, and regaining trust. I think in many cases, um, folks are a little hesitant because they don't know whether or not they can trust uh, the institutions, right? So we need to double down on our communication efforts, partnering with folks that have uh, good social capital in the community and engaging with our community in a way that 
we've never done in the past. I, I really think this is an opportunity for us to, as the president said, build back better right. and make sure that we're connecting with our communities and building a sense of confidence uh, that our schools are places not only safe for students to come in physically safe, but emotionally safe because many of our students have experienced a lot of loss and we have to be prepared to, to meet them where they are. Um, have you made any suggestions to the president as far as legislation on mandating vaccines or mandating masks, uh, especially in the areas that are still highly infected? While the conversations around uh, mitigation strategies and vaccinations are probably more likely to be had with the Health and Human Services uh, Secretary, my, my communication has been about ensuring that we utilize those mitigation strategies uh, because they've worked. We, we can't take our foot off the gas now with that. We can't get lax now. We're still in the pandemic. It's not over. We're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, and I'm really pleased to share that over 600,000 students ages 12 to 15 have already gotten vaccinated in a week, in mm. one week, which tells you there's an appetite, but we can't let our guard down. So the communication that I have with the White House is really about ensuring that we're keeping those mitigation strategies, especially in those communities where there's a lot of hesitancy, we can't let let on our guard now. How are you? How are you protecting the educators? Um, what what are their rights? Because we're we're losing. From my estimation, I have nothing to back this up, but I know some really good teachers that are quitting because they're being yeah. forced to do something that they feel unsafe about. Right. You know, when we talk about reopening and when we talk about reimagining learning, we have to really rethink how we're honoring the profession by making sure we're ensuring safe work environments for all of our educators, our teachers, our paraeducators, our bus drivers. We have to make sure that when we're reopening schools, we're keeping them safe and communicating with them what the strategies are. In fact, I think they should be invited to the conversation about how to keep their buildings safe so that they don't lose trust in the system themselves. You know, we prioritize vaccinations for educators uh, across the, the country, and uh, we make sure we make clear those mitigation strategies. We provided handbooks on how to reopen schools safely, and we've lifted up best practices across the country. I visited about 10 different states in a Help Is Here tour, and the states that are most effective at doing this and getting teacher buy-in are the ones that involve teachers early on so that they have a role in what it looks like to reopen schools. Mm. And educators want our schools open. They just want them open safely. Uh, we're talking to uh, Dr. Miguel Cardona. Uh, I, I, I want to ask you, as Secretary of, of Education, there are still so many communities in need of resources, schools that don't have Wi-Fi, uh, schools that don't have computers. Um, and you know some of those schools are in predominantly uh, downtrodden neighborhoods that just are not getting the same resources as their counterparts across uh, town. How are you addressing that, sir? We need to move forward with a lens of equity. We need to move forward being bold and saying that we need to address the needs of our students that have been impacted the most by the pandemic, but I'm gonna be honest with you, Russ. You know that prior to the pandemic, many black and brown students were not in communities that had the same resources as others. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about the digital divide and not having access to laptops, it, it was predominantly in those communities that are under-resourced. So with the American Rescue Plan, $130 billion, there's an expectation from my office, an expectation that 
equity is going to be at the forefront of the plan and that stakeholder engagement is going to be a part of the plan, meaning we need to hear from those families uh, who've been underserved historically to make sure that as we build back better, their opinions, their thoughts, and their ideas on how to come back to school are included. In Connecticut, one of the first things we did when I was commissioner of education is attack the digital divide. We made sure students had broadband. We made sure they had uh, a laptop and quality curriculum on the other side of the screen. Nationally, the American Rescue Plan provides funds and the infrastructure plan that the president is proposing provides funds to close the digital divide once and, once can, and for all. Doctor, can I push back on you just a little bit here? Um, yeah, you, please you, do. You say you need to hear from the people about the lack of resources and things like that. I'm just uh, summing up in a nutshell. There are so many studies. There's just so much empirical evidence. Uh, why do you need to hear from them? We know what the issue is. We just get the same promises after administration, after administration, after administration. Now you have some real dollars in your hand. I think the question is, what are you going to do with it? Right. So, and, and I love that. I love that thinking, and I hope your listeners take that same mentality when they're talking to the local and state leaders to say, how are you using the American Rescue Plan? From the Department of Education uh, in D.C., what we've said to states is, we want to see your plans and how you plan on using this money, and we want to see equity at the forefront of it. We need to look at what strategies you have for equity, which means uh, smaller class sizes which means getting computers in the hands of students. It means extended day for students, better summer learning opportunities, more teachers, uh, more funding for um, interventions and social-emotional support, and even our colleges, you know, more funds for HBCUs and HSIs to give them the funds that they need to be creative and innovative with their, with their planning. So at all levels, we need to hold ourselves accountable. Yep. Um, and it, this is not just about handing out the money. It's about making sure that the plans are aimed at those that were hit the hardest. You know, I'm going to let you go, but I want to ask a favor of you. I would love for you to call me back. Could be two months from now, maybe next year, and said, Russ, remember we talked? Here's what we did, and this is the result. Because I I'd want, be happy to do that. I want people to know that it's just not talk. It's just not gaslighting. And I don't. And you know, I'm very proud that you got this position. I I, I really am. But we are going to have to hold you guys accountable. Uh, you know, and, and I think that's important. And I, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to, to to call this morning. But I I want this to be your home to disseminate the information that we need to know. I appreciate that. And you you know what? Do hold us accountable. We're at a point now in our country's history where we have an opportunity to improve outcomes for students and improve opportunities. And, you know, as you said at the beginning of the call, my passion has always been serving children. That's why I'm here. And that's what I'm going to continue to do uh, with this fund that the president put forth and the Congress put forth. We have a responsibility to meet the needs of our kids. So I look forward to talking to you again. Dr. Miguel Cardona, Secretary of Education. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Russ Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and give us a rating and let everyone in your circle know about the Russ Podcast. We'll be dropping Russ's rants occasionally, so make sure you check that out. And a new episode each week. Check me out during the weekday mornings on the Russ Parr Morning Show, syndicated nationally. Make sure you follow us on all socials at Russ Parr Show. Thanks again, y'all.